All right, everybody. What's going on, guys? This is Eric with Clutch Crew Sports. And I used to Zach doing the intro. He is here with us today, but I'm going to take over intro duties this time because today is a big episode for us. We have our first guest ever on the show. And it's someone whose podcast I've listened to a few times. I really enjoy their content, and we're glad to have them on the show. We've got Stacy from the CC Collier and Claire Sports Show. Stacy, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited to be on Clutch Crew Sports Show. Let's let's get it. Definitely, man. We're <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're glad to have you here. We're going to ask you some few questions here in a minute before we get into our topics. But also, I want to, as always, introduce my cousins, Zach and Connor. What's going on, guys? Not much, guys. Uh, another brutal sports weekend for me as a Jags fan, but you, know, you live through it. Um, you, mean, you, mean, you mean us as <laughs> yeah, well? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're leaving Eric out of this. Yeah, I'm going to as well, man. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, well, my fantasy teams did worse. That's why. I mean, you know, my, my, my team my ended up, my team ended up winning, but then I saw that App State got another really crappy bowl game to uh, go to. So, you know, uh, not happy about that, but at least the Steelers won. So, but I'm glad we got Stacy on the show. This going to be, it's going to be, fun. Yeah, it's yeah, be great. It's, we got a, we got a lot of fun topics for you guys. And, uh, we kind of collab with Stacy together to figure out these topics. So we're going to be bringing those to you, but Stacy, since you're our first guest, we wanted to ask you some questions. And um, the first question, which I'm definitely most intrigued about, uh, what made you want to start your show? What made you start the Collier and Claire sports podcast? Well, I always had a passion for talking about sports ever since I was young. So like, I always had a goal in mind to create my own show. And at first, I started solo. Uh, it was originally called the In My Opinion Sports Show. And it was just me. And then one day, I invited Tasha, my co-host, to come on the show. And we meshed very well. We had a lot of chemistry. And we just took it from there. We uh, became a, a team. And we kept rolling with the MIP, but we shut it down because of scheduling conflict. So I missed that, and I recreated the show, and I just named it a CC Call Your Class Sports Show. We got back together, and you know, we 11 episodes in, and it's been a, a thrilling ride so far. Yeah, that's that's really cool, man. Because we actually just did a Q and A episode like with the three of us and Nate and it, and. <laughs> we kind of provided a similar answer and it's been pretty cool through Twitter. It's like, that's how like we found you guys. And, uh, we found, you know, some other sports podcasters we've been interacting with and it's kind of, it's a cool sports community and I'm happy to be a part of it. And, um, we're glad you're here. I've listened to your episodes. I, and I agree. I mean, I definitely agree too. like you and Natasha have a good chemistry together. You have a good vibe together. I like how y'all, interact with each other on the show you're not like uh skip and shannon on whatever <laughs> they're like bickering and butting heads every two yeah. seconds like you guys are even if you disagree with each other you're like respectful with your opinions and and i like that so um now another question here for you so uh in 
your life, what has been your personal most memorable athletic moment? Are you, are you talking about as far as like uh, a sports a sports thing or like me playing a sport? Yeah, like a, yeah, like if you play like a sport growing up, or or I guess it could be like if it was like a moment from like a sports game you were at personally, or you know any any uh, I guess any like I guess your favorite sports moment in general. Uh, what's your personal most memorable moment? Um, I'm a fan of LeBron James. I am a fan of LeBron James. So. Watching him win his first NBA Finals against the Oklahoma City Thunder when he was with the Miami Heat was a favorite moment of mine. Just watching the pure joy on his face after, you know, years of failing and the media piling on him. Everybody calling him overrated, saying he can't do this, do that. And then for him just to win that that first Finals, it was exciting to watch. And uh, I kind of idolized LeBron James. I kind of look up to him. So that was pretty cool. And, um far as me personally um getting the opportunity to coach youth basketball i coached the last four years and i got it some wins i got some losses as well actually many <laughs> losses but at the end of the day it was it was a great time just to give kids a different avenue to explore and hone in on their talent so those are my moments right there that's yeah, that's really cool, man. Kids need, you know, adult figures in their lives to be able to look up to and motivate them. And I've never did coach kids in any sport, but if I, you know, it's good. It's great. Yeah, Connor, you've done that, right? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've no, I, well. I, I was, uh, yeah, I was an assistant coach in a Pop Warner football for a couple of years, and I mean. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see, and especially just to see like my dad when we were coaching, he was always the one who took like the expansion teams because like you know in Pop Warner leagues you'll have like one team that'll have like all the stud kids, like all the really good kids, and then like the team that has like all the kids that are maybe playing for the first time and all that. And my dad always was coaching you know those teams, the one with the first time players, and just to see the growth in those kids, like you know the first week of practices, like they couldn't find their way out of a paper bag and then you know by the end of the season you're actually like you know you know you don't win very much but you know you actually win a couple games and you know they're playing a lot better so to see that growth in the kids is really rewarding that's cool man unfortunately with the heat thing with lebron that came at the expense of my oklahoma City. So <laughs> it's not gonna be very popular with eric that was memorable for me but in a different way <laughs> so, sorry eric my bad yeah, it's, it's all good man it's, I've, I've already had to uh, I don't know if you've heard our in our intro video, but in our very first episode that Zach and I did together, he ragged on me for his trailblazers knocking my thunder out of the playoff flash. So, oh, I already get it. I already deal with this a lot from him, and we obviously are trash this year. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm already kind of tanking for next, ready for next season. But <laughs> yeah, we gotta gotta get that taco, Eric. We keep talking about it. Yeah, because the Hornets yeah. are sucking too. So yeah, it's it's about that time, but. Yeah, man. And then, uh, Stacy, the last question for you before we get into the topic. So, obviously, you're a sports podcaster, but if you were gonna, you know, do another podcast about a non-sports topic, like what's something else that you're passionate about that you would like to talk about on a show? Mm, two things. Uh, hip hop music definitely got a passion for that. I love talking about music. Love listening to new albums from my favorite artists. So. 
I definitely would have a show like that. And another one would be like uh, kind of a life motivational type thing. Just talking about my experiences and how I overcame different obstacles and giving people different motivational messages. So that way they they can have a better experience as well. So I, those two things, uh, hip hop and life. That's, that's really cool, man. Yeah. Those are good topics. Obviously, music is important for people and you always want to be able to be motivated in life. So those are those are definitely great things for sure. So Stacy, I enjoyed your answers, man. And um, with that being said, I'm going to turn it over to Zach here. He's going to introduce our topics. We're going to run through and start breaking everything down. So Zach, I'll let you take over, man. Yeah. Great job, Eric. Uh, so we've got a couple of sports topics to talk about between the four of us, and we've got a variety of NFL and NBA topics, but I'm going to start with the first one because We've got an interesting dynamic on this show now. Obviously, you know, Eric and I have been lifelong Jaguars fans, and Stacy happens to be a Rams fan, and these are the two teams that you remember earlier in the season had the trade with Jalen Ramsey, uh, leaving the Jaguars and going to the Rams for a couple of first-round picks. So I, I know it's very early into this trade thing. It's only been like six or seven weeks, but... Very early reactions to the trade. Do you guys think that who's winning the trade? Are both teams maybe losing out? And then I'll I'll start from a Jags perspective. I don't think that Ramsey would have meant much of a difference for us in this season because, like, we've lost our last four games by, like, an average of probably like 30 points. So like, obviously no one player is going to be able to sway the balance that heavily as good as Ramsey is. But I, so I think from the Jags perspective, it's a win that you're able to rebuild and get two first round draft picks from that trade. When obviously he didn't want to be with the Jags anymore. He's got a lot of talent. Um, I think he's probably, a top three corner in the NFL for sure. But it's just with all the headaches that he was causing with the team and giving up on the team, I think it was just a good trade for the Jags to get him out of there. And then they ended up getting two first round picks, which, you know, I'm not very faithful that they're going to turn those picks into something good. So that's why I'm not saying like, I'm not jumping up and down for this trade because we don't have a good record of picking guys in the draft. Like Ramsey was one of our few draft picks that ended up being a success. So it's hard to get rid of one of those few guys you get as a success. But with the way things were going with him and the team, I mean, if it w- if this trade just came out of the blue and the team just randomly traded Ramsey and he had no, I he didn't demand a trade or he was. Um, if he was just uh, just randomly traded, and then, yeah, I would have an issue with it because they shouldn't have done that. But with the circumstances and everything, and I don't think Ramsey has really lifted up the Rams maybe in the way that they thought he would have, but Stacy's a Rams fan, so he watches a lot more games than I do. But that's just my takeaway as a Jags fan. I think it was a win for us. Um the Rams, though, I still don't know, but I'll let you guys discuss. Yeah, I 
and as a, also as a fellow Jags fan, I'm pretty much in agreement with everything Zach said. I would have rather been able to keep him for his talent, but at the same time, he is obviously known to be dramatic at times. And so while I miss his talent, I don't miss the antics. <laughs> but we got a good compensation for him. Hopefully, I know Zach said he doesn't have faith in the Jaguars to you know, turn them into good picks. But I'm hoping that by the time we make those picks, that we will have new management in. And hopefully they can turn it into a good pick. <laughs> but um, yeah, Stacy is a Rams fan. Like, we, you know, we've kind of talked about this topic ad nauseum on here with Jalen Ramsey and everything, but we haven't heard from an outside perspective. So uh, what are your takes on Jalen Ramsey? Well, first, Jalen Ramsey got what he wanted. He wanted out of the Jacksonville Jaguars because, you know, um, they took they, they went backwards last year. They were losing after being in the AFC championship game and that didn't sit well with him. And he wanted to go to a winning team. And that team just so happened to be my Rams. But <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is, the Rams haven't been winning this year, though. They're only sitting at 7-5, and five, and that's well below my expectations, their expectations, and his play hasn't, hasn't really elevated the Rams. Now, we did need another shutdown corner because Tlaib been hurt, and Marcus Peters, he's been hurt. And also, when he's healthy, his play been up and down, very erratic. So we needed a solid shutdown corner for the future. So I like the move for the future. But as far as right now, it hasn't really produced anything. And it's not his fault at all. It's not his fault. In my opinion, I think the player Jared Goff has held us back. But I like it for the future. Now, um, the only thing that got to me was giving up those two first-round picks. So. Little, little steep price right there, but I, I'm excited to have J- Jalen Ramsey on our team. I think next year, definitely, we will see the fruits of that trade. Okay, yeah, I got a, I got kind of a, a kind of a follow up <laughs> question to that. Um, how do you feel about because you were absolutely absolutely right? Jalen Ramsey got what he wanted. And he still doesn't have a contract yet. Are you worried about him like take getting such a big contract and already with all the other big contracts like Aaron Donald and Goff and Gurley with all these big contracts and the like the lack of draft picks? Do you think that's like do you think you can win with just a couple of like superstars or um, like are you kind of disappointed that your team's not going to round out and have like an overall solid team? Um, I look at the Rams as a very solid team already. And with the addition of Jalen Ramsey, I think they have the team to do it. They just need to be more consistent. They just need to play better. Like I, like I said before, um, the biggest thing that held the Rams back this year was Jared Goff's play. Yeah. So if Jared Goff does better, then the Rams would do better. But at the same time, I am – cautious i am worried about how the future prospects will come out because we do got to give Jalen ramsey a big deal no question about that but also we have to fix our offensive line too our offensive line being a problem being facing a ton of injuries everywhere else is very solid i'm not worried about that but i think the rams will find a way but i am worried about that big contract affecting us getting 
um, more pieces on the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, it's with a salary cap, though, it's almost impossible to, like, have a complete team and everything. But, yeah, it's it's interesting how, like, if you had to give, like, a letter grade on Ramsey's performance as a Ram, what would you, like, what would you grade his play thus far? Mm, I say, honestly, I say, like, a, a like a B minus type, B minus okay. B, somewhere around there. Yeah, like he he uh he's been a little bit more consistent. He has his trouble. He had his trouble beginning the season with Jacksonville with the injuries and all that. He's been playing. He's been out there. But you know, I looked at his stats and I see uh, zero interceptions. Now I know nobody really likes to throw to his side, but I would like to see that number come up. And also, he has only like 24 tackles. I want to say during his time with the Rams. Mm-hmm. So I, I give it a B minus, the B because uh. The reason why I'm lower is because it hasn't really like changed the dynamic of the defense. It hasn't really elevated the Rams defensively. So that's still a work in progress. Yeah, totally agree with you there. Uh Connor is like a fan of neither of these teams. Like what would you <laughs> what would you say about this trade? I mean, I think in my mind I'd have to go with if I had to pick a winner of this trade at least right now, because we're not gonna know who's for sure going to yeah. win this trade until the future, especially with those draft picks. Like you don't know yet, but for right now, I would have to agree with Zach that the Jaguars won this trade because I know being a Steelers fan, I know how disruptive and how unhealthy having a, you know, cancer in the locker room is. I mean, we had it twice last year with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and the team just looks better without it. I mean, yes, they were stars, and we had to get rid of them, and it hurt us in that respect. But without the drama, the team can focus better. So I think the Jaguars won that aspect. And also, like Stacy said, I don't think Ramsey has really elevated the Rams that much because I think more of their problems, they needed defensive help, but more of their problems, like he said, were on the offensive side. So, um, And then also giving up two first-round picks. So from my perspective, I think the Jaguars won this trade. But, I mean, we'll have to see where each team is a couple of years or like maybe not a couple of years, but at least after next year, you know, if those draft picks pan out for the Jaguars and if the Rams can, even without those draft picks, you know, make some adjustments to their team. So we'll we'll see. But for short term, Mm -hmm. I say the Jaguars. All right. So we'll move on now to an NBA topic. And this is one that I got and personally I wouldn't have even really thought of this as a topic, but seeing on Twitter, so many people, I primarily, they were Bucks fans talking about this Milwaukee Bucks. That is, but they were like championing, championing like that. The East has closed the gap against the Western conference. And to me personally, I still don't feel this way. I still think that the West is so much better. Like, top to bottom because the east the problem with the east they've got a couple of really good teams but it's the bottom of the east to me that is just so bad and there there was a couple nights ago where the magic were like the eighth seed in the east and they had like a losing record and then just last year there were so many like western teams that would have been like four number three or number four seeds in the East that like missed out on the playoffs. So like, to me, I still think that the West is, uh, 
is better than the East, and I still think whoever wins the NBA championship is going to come out of the West. Um, it's looking like it's going to be probably the Lakers or Clippers, but I think right now the reason why people might be might be saying that the East is closing the gap is because the Lakers have really been beating up on their own conference. They've really, I know they've played a lot of teams against in the Western Conference, and they've won a lot of those games, so it hurts the West in that aspect. But I don't know, like it's still early in the season, but to me, we'll see, we'll have a better understanding at the end of the year. But I still think the West is far and above the better conference. Uh, I know the Raptors won the championship last year, coming out of the East, but I still think if uh, if Golden State was fully healthy. They would have won those finals. So, to me, the West is still above the East, but I don't know what you guys think. I mean, I'd have to, you know, agree with Zach that I think the West is still the better conference. And, again, like Zach said, we're not going to know till the end of the season because it's still really early. But, I mean, when you look at teams like the Knicks and the Cavaliers and the Hawks at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, like, you know, I would put – you know, Portland right now, who's on the outside looking in in the Western Conference, is still a really good team. I think the Spurs are still a decent team, even though they're looking on the outside. And obviously, the big shocker from this year, the Golden State Warriors, I mean, if they were healthy, you know, if Steph Curry was healthy, if Klay Thompson was healthy, they would definitely still be in the running. So they're kind of like a outlier, so to speak, this year, the fact that they're in last place, which wouldn't be the case if they were healthy. So, and although... Unlike Zach, I did pick an Eastern Conference. I picked the Bucks to win the NBA championship, but I mean, it was really in my mind only really between them and Philadelphia as to, like who could win out of the East. Whereas like in the West, I could see the Lakers, I could see the Clippers, the Rockets, even possibly the Nuggets could probably win the NBA Finals if everything went right. So, um, I mean, we could also <laughs> this isn't a great judge, but you could also wait till the All Star Game to see if the West wins again. But um, I know that's not a great judge because nobody plays defense in that game. So, but that that'd be my opinion. I think it's just a waiting game, and it's kind of like to be the man, you got to beat the man. And the East hasn't proved they haven't beaten the West yet. So the West is still the man at this moment. <laughs> yeah, um, the West is far superior to the East. The West have four teams that can win the NBA Finals this year. The East. For right now, they have one, which is the <laughs> which is the Milwaukee Bucks. They're like the only team I can see winning. But I will say this about the East: they have uh, a great future ahead of them. Like a lot of the teams in the East are very young, like the Atlanta Hawks, the Hornets, the Bulls, the Magic, even the Boston Celtics. They they are young and they're still trying to figure it out. And I think in a few years from now, they'll be able to compete especially if they stay together. But come on now, it's it's the West all the way. They still got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I mean, I, I feel the same way as you guys. I guess I will say that the East is definitely improving. Like, because I mean, there was one point where, like, other than the Cavs or the, whichever, whenever LeBron was on the Cavs or the Heat, like, you had them, but then, like, most of the rest of the conference was a joke. Like, like there were maybe a couple of decent teams in the East, but now, like, they at least have 
you know, some good teams, at least like as of right now, the eight seed has a 500 record. Whereas there's been years past where like the six, seven and eight seeds that made the playoffs from the East were all below 500. Like it, it was bad. And it was pretty predictable, like who was going to, you know, get to the Eastern conference finals or really even the NBA finals. But at least now, like there's some competition there getting better but people that say the east got better though also don't real they don't factor in though that you know the clippers got better with Kawhi and paul george going there the mavericks you know have Doncic who's improving and they got porzingis and the rockets got westbrook and you know like a lot of these teams in the west got better whereas most of the teams in the east just kind of stayed the same or you know, some of them maybe even got a little worse. So the West is definitely the superior conference. Like it, I would love for the East to be the superior conference, but it's uh, not happening yet. <laughs> what about yeah. the Thunder, though, Eric? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're obviously <laughs> my team. But, you know, if the, if the Eastern Conference was better, then that would be less competition for them. So, you know, that, true, I'd, true. I'd be totally fine with that. But the Thunder won't be good again until at least uh, – 2021 we got to use those like 1800 1800 draft picks they just got and you know develop some young guys but they won't be relevant for a while but (laughs) yeah no (laughs) (laughs) this um yeah i i had a feeling most of you guys would respond like i did but i and i think it was really just an overreaction i think from bucks fans on twitter i don't know if anybody else saw it like i did but when I was going through like the timeline on Twitter, I saw a bunch of people being like, the East is better than the West. Like, and they were like, you know, kind of like having bias towards the East. Like I know for college football, like I'm always SEC bias, but uh, they were championing themselves. Like they were the new, the new best thing. So I'm, <laughs> it's just well, refreshing to hear you guys. Because, they, because <laughs> they won a couple of regular season games. Like, Hey, well, you know, I'm, I'm the opposite of Eric. I want the East to stay bad because the Hornets need less competition because we already suck. So. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Well, the, the thing about the NBA, though, is like you really do suck if you don't make the playoffs because most teams, you know, more than half the teams make the playoffs in the end of the day. Like, yeah, you're probably going to get swept in the first round or whatever. But at least like the at least that's like a fun thing with the NBA, like most fans get to see their team in the playoffs. Um, so that, that's cool. But we'll move on now to another topic. This is going to be NFL related. So I wanted to bring this up because this year is like the perfect year where the system is not working with the playoff uh, seedings and such, because right now the Cowboys and the Eagles both have like losing records and whatever team wins the NFC East is probably going to have, either a eight and eight record or a seven and nine record. And they're going to get a home playoff game. Whereas either the 49ers or um, Seahawks, Seahawks. Yeah. Whatever team doesn't win that division is going to have a road playoff game. And they're going to only have probably three losses. Uh, and then the same thing too, in the NFC North, like between the Packers and Vikings, those are two deserving teams of a home playoff game, but only one of them is going to end up getting it. So I was just wondering with you guys, like, thinking that should the NFL, like, change its playoff seedings to just, like, straight one through six, the six best teams in the AFC and then the six best teams in the NFC, and then just 
play it outright like that. Uh, for me, my answer to that would be I would like to still see the, the four division winners make the playoffs at least. And I know like most every season that's going to be the case regardless because, you know, you if you win your division, you probably won a lot of games. So you're probably going to make the playoffs regardless of that. But this year with the Cowboys and Eagles, I think it's more of like an anomaly year. So I don't know if like I don't know if they should necessarily change the whole seedings and stuff, because I do like the fact that if you win your division, you get a home playoff game like I I've always kind of liked that, but it is going to be kind of unfair for these teams that have a better record and they have to go on the road. So I'm kind of like torn on this because I've always liked the way it's been, but it is unfair to whatever team has to go on the road when they've got a better record. And so I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence with this. What do you guys think? I would, I mean, like I'm probably 100% on the train of, yeah, I do think the division winners should still get in, but the seating should be based off of record, like the four division winners and then the two wild cards, but then seed them the way that, you know, their records are. Cause I mean, it just seems so wrong to me that a team that's a wild card team, but is still like 12 and four is having to go on the road in their first wild card game. It's like, wow. Like, you know, they did everything in their power to earn a home playoff game, except win their division because the other team was like the other best team in the, uh, in the league. So, and especially cause I mean, we've seen the, disadvantage playoff before like there's been home playoff games for like eight and eight and seven and nine teams i mean obviously you look at the seahawks and the saints you know the seahawks were seven and nine and won the division and the saints had to go up into seattle and play that game and they lost and then you know whereas it probably would have been a different story had they been playing in the superdome and then same thing i can't remember there was another i think it was with the chargers who were like eight and eight and they won their division and someone had to go into San Diego, back when they were playing in San Diego, when their stadium wasn't 70% the opposing team's fans. Um, <laughs> and then, like, they had to go into San Diego and play that game, and they lost. And they were, like, an 11-5 and team. So I would be in favor of, you know, again, the division winners still making it. I feel like that's very important. But just seeding them based on record rather than, you know, the four division winners automatically getting home playoff games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to, oh yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Stacey. Go ahead. My bad. But um, I'm oh, I'm good. leaning I'm leaning towards you know, if you are the division winner, then you should definitely be in the playoffs. Seven and nine, eight and eight, whatever. But the team with the better record should always have the home field advantage because they did more. They won more games just because you got the division handed to you on the silver platter and you suck. <laughs> don't mean that <laughs> you deserve a home game. Like it's crazy that the, either the Cowboys or the Eagles going to get a home game. They're going to finish like eight and eight and seven and nine. I, I don't think that's fair and all at all. Uh, we, we've seen teams that are, or like 10 and 6 and 11 and 5 that didn't even make the playoffs at all because they didn't win the division. So we should definitely award uh, the better record in the NFL. I, I think the NFL should move towards that. Yeah, because they, they don't do that in the NBA, right? Like, it's not like, oh, if you win your division. You're no, the divisions right. really don't matter in the NBA. Like, yeah, so it, it should be that's it should be the same way with the NFL. I mean, and 
if you, like, I don't the NBA is the NBA is the only one that doesn't do that actually because I know the NHL does that too. Like the three division winners are the three higher seeds no matter what mm. their record is. So the NBA is the only one of the major four that doesn't uh, like give priority to division winners in terms of home games. That's interesting. That's con- but I don't want to say too much. I'm pretty much saying the same thing as y'all. But Connor, I'm surprised you didn't mention the. Steelers when they had to go oh yeah Tebow, <laughs> the Broncos uh, game and they yeah. lost that game in overtime but see the, the thing that was even crazier about that game was there was a player on the Steelers I want to say he was either a safety or a corner it was Ryan I know what you're talking about Ryan Clark he had like a gallbladder issue where like he he like can't play at high at that high altitude for like some reason because like he tried playing there one time and he like got really sick and so, like, for the rest of his career, if they ever had to go play up in Denver, he couldn't play. Like, he was always inactive. Yeah, it's like, I mean, who knows if that would have made the difference at the end, you know, at the end of that game. But, I mean, that was pretty crazy, too. But, yeah, I, I'm in agreement that the NFL needs to make a change. And I, I, I guess just what I don't understand is why they're so hesitant to do so when, I mean, not – Every year, but I mean, most years, usually the top four division winners are usually like the four best records, or if not, they're only off by a game or two. But it's when they have these like crazy years like this where it's like they really need to consider making the change. And I don't see like what the big deal would be, or I don't really see why anybody like the only people that would object to this right now are like Cowboys and Eagles fans. Like everybody else, I would think, would be for it, but. I don't know. I, 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 it's a change I wish they would make. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess, since it doesn't happen that often, that they're going to stay the same with the current system. But if it happens, like let's say next year, everything is cool. But if it happens the year after that, then the year after that, I think they'll make a change. So it got to be something that's like that just keep yeah. going. This yeah. it, can't, it can't be a moot point. It can't be something that happens once every five years. <laughs> Yeah, also, too, like, it can't be, like, a one-game thing because if there's a wild-card team with, like, one more win than the division team, like, then... But, like, sometimes that happens, and the team that won the division beat the other team head-to-head, you know? So, like, sometimes when it's really close like that, that's why I am more hesitant because let's say, like, the wild-card team's got one more win, but the two teams played head-to-head, and the division winner won that head-to-head game i think that head-to-head should matter but like i don't and then the the thing i do like about the nfl that the nba doesn't do is they reseed after the playoff games happen so like for the nba the you know the playoff structure is a bracket so it's like if you win you either play the winner of this team or this team whereas like in the nfl they the you always get if you're the higher seed, you always get matched up with the lowest seed left. So I like that's a different part about the NFL that other sports don't have, um, which I agree with. But yeah, it's I wouldn't be I'm not going to be angry either way. They whatever they rule on this. But this year, especially, it's going to be I think the Cowboys or Eagles, whichever team it is, I even if they're home, I still think they're going to lose because I think they're bad teams. But um, <laughs> So they're going to lose, I think, in my opinion. And if they do win, I don't know if home field is going to be like an excuse for the other team because it's kind of inexcusable if you lose to either of these teams, I think, and you're, you know, supposed to be really good. But 
it's interesting. I and I agree with Stacy. I think if this keeps happening, then they're gonna they're gonna probably change it. But since it's just been like a random year where it's been bad, they're probably not gonna do anything about it. Um, yeah. So we're gonna move on to another topic here, NBA related, talking about one of my favorite teams, the Portland Trailblazers. And they're not having a good season so far. Uh, it's still early <laughs> in the season, but they're not. I mean, they're they're towards the bottom in the West. I think even the Thunder have a better record than them, even oh, though they no. they've beaten the Thunder <laughs> a couple of times. So like like they like they score like 43 points in the first quarter against them the last time they played. But yeah, the Thunder have a couple games lead on them right now, yeah. but. <laughs> But well, obviously, it's only, it's only because we played two less. We'll probably lose those and then be tied. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm really curious to see what you guys all say to this. But I mean, maybe it's just the fan in me. But I do think that they can rebound because the thing with Portland is it's kind of my other favorite team. I like the Orlando Magic, but that's total. They're totally different teams in the aspect that the Magic. I was watching a game and they had this stat come up on the TV. They were like the starting five, like, or they returned the most like combinations of starting players than any other team. I think the nuggets were second, but like, cause the magic really did not do anything in the off season other than resign their players. And they didn't even draft like the guy that they drafted. He's injured for the first season. So their team really didn't change at all. Like, Markel Fultz is their only, like, new addition to their team. So they're bringing back that chemistry, and that's why they're, like, doing okay. They're still kind of struggling. I think people had higher expectations for the Magic. But the Blazers, on the other hand, are, like, the polar opposite of that, whereas their team got completely blown up, and pretty much Dame and CJ were the only two people coming back. I mean, obviously, they, they weren't the only two, but they were the two biggest coming back and Rodney Hood came back too but Rodney Hood didn't even play the entire season last year with them because he was traded at the trade deadline and now he's injured for the season so it's just been I think the case of meshing together and now you bring in Carmelo Anthony which has been a big story too that's why I put him in here because he's actually he was player of the week in the Western Conference uh, last week which was interesting because the guy hadn't even been playing NBA basketball for like a season. He just comes back and it's player of the week. So I'm excited for Melo on the team because at first when they signed him, I didn't think he was going to do all that. I thought it was just going to be like a gimmicky thing where like, oh yeah, he's on the team, but he doesn't really play. But he's actually been quite well on the offensive side of the ball. But the problem with the Blazers is their defense really. And They've, the problem is is Hassan Whiteside and Zach Collins, they're good. They're they're good centers in my opinion, but both of them have the problem of getting into foul trouble way too early, and that's a problem because if you get into foul trouble, uh, like that hinders your defensive ability. You can't be as aggressive defensively if you're worried about getting fouls. So that's the problem I think with them with them as their centers. Uh, when they get Nurkic back from injury, I think it'll help. But so I, if I had to give a straight answer to this, I do think they can rebound. Uh, I think it's just a case of them not, you know, figuring each other out right away because they got a bunch of new people 
and they lost a bunch of people too with the trades that they did and Cantor left their team. He was a big part of them in the playoffs. So it's uh it's pretty much just Damon CJ running this team uh right now. I I do think they can rebound. I think they'll find a way to make it in the playoffs. Um but I I don't think they're gonna go far in the playoffs. But I I do think they'll end up making it. Yeah, Stacey, what do you think? Man? You're the biggest NBA watcher in this episode. Uh, what do you think about the Trailblazers? Uh, I think the Trailblazers is going to bounce back and they're going to reach the playoffs. I mean, they they have a veteran team and they led by Damon CJ, uh, one of the best backcourts in the NBA. So they'll they'll get it together. They'll go in with a winning record. Now, as far as their championship aspirations, I think that window has closed, to be honest. I think uh, last year was their best shot, and they got swept by the Golden State Warriors. And a lot of teams in the Western Conference have got better, or the teams that were competitive last year are still competitive this year. But uh, if they want to go far in the playoffs, they definitely need improvement in the front court. Uh, like you mentioned, Hassan Whiteside must stay out of foul trouble. Zach Collins got to be better. And also uh, Nurkic needs to come back because that – that was the reason why that I think they lost to the Golden State Warriors because they just didn't have Nurkic. They didn't have a big guy that could put pressure on the uh, Warriors. So uh, I think they'll make the playoffs at the end of the season, but I can't see them going far in the playoffs. Yeah, I guess my my take on it was with the like with the Carmelo thing was when the move first happened. I honestly took it as a move of desperation. I did not like the move at all. I, I mean, in honest opinion, I thought it was really dumb. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> but, wow. Yeah, brutal. I mean, I because I mean, honestly, I thought Mello had lost it. I mean, he nobody was signing him, and I'm thinking like, you know, if this guy still got it, like somebody would have signed him by now, and then. Portland gets off to this cold start and then suddenly they bring him in and I was like, uh, but you know, he's still not great defensively, but he's played better offensively than I would have expected. And the trailblazers actually do have a winning record since he got there. So the move has definitely been a better move than what my initial reaction was. So I'll give the trailblazers some credit for that. Um, as for will they rebound, I guess I'm kind of similar to Zach. Like, I'm sure they probably will come back and make the playoffs. I mean, there's some teams in front of them right now that really, you know, like the Thunder in front of them, for example. Like, they're going to pass the Thunder. Like, you know, they're going <laughs> to you know, they're, they're pass some of these other teams. But, you know, Stacy said, I mean, you look at these teams in the West that got better. I mean, obviously the Lakers and Clippers are the two biggest ones. But – and then the – yeah, the Nuggets and Rockets are pretty much, I mean, the Rockets out of Russell Westbrook, but they're pretty much, in terms of their style of play, like the same team as they were last year. But oh. they're still, you know, they're still good. Nuggets are still good. And then the Mavericks are playing at a high level right now. I mean, you got, oh, are they playing right now? The yeah, that I was going to say that. Funny thing, dude, they're actually playing each other right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thunder and Trailblazers? The, yeah, I think it's going to be the third time this season. So they're obviously playing each other a lot yeah, in the game this, this is a key game because if well, Portland wins they'll move in front of OKC and uh, good, good oh, news for Portland is Portland is up there 2 it's to 0 right now <laughs> nope, 2 to 1 2 to 1 
Oh, oh, okay, oh. So you got a free throw. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I mean, the yeah, Trailblazers won last time, so. Yeah, so they did. I'm, I'm in agreement with Stacy, though. I felt like last year was the the Trailblazers. Well, I, I guess at the time I didn't feel that way, but then after all the improvements that a lot of these teams made in the West, I I feel like this was their last chance. Depend, I mean, barring you know some other moves if they're able to make them next off season, but but Zach, a similar problem that the Trailblazers have that we that I kind of want to ask you about that mm-hmm. like we talked about with Stacy and the Rams, like with the salary cap. I know the Trailblazers have pretty much the highest salary out of all the teams in the NBA. Like they're the deepest in the luxury tax, I think. If not, they're really close. Do you think this is going to be a problem for them going forward with all these high contracts? Like what do you what do you like anticipate for the Trailblazers future like going forward? Um, I don't I, think I, I know. I just kind of I know I just kind of sprung this on you. So no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I don't think it's a problem because the thing with the Portland Trailblazers is being in such a small market is kind of like OKC. Like, if you get a good player on your team, you gotta pay them the max. Like, you know, that's what they did for Dame and CJ because they're not desirable markets. Like, you know, they, they could have easily. And we're going to talk about this on our next show about, like, loyalty and stuff like that. But they could have easily gone to, like, L.A. or New York and got a lot of money and got a lot of fame with that. But I think it's cool that they chose to stay, even though they took a lot of money, like Damon CJ. They they want to win in Portland. So I'm okay with them paying them a lot because they deserve it. They've carried this team. Uh, I This team has, like, made the playoffs – like seven years in a row now, they've they're in one of the they're one of the teams with the highest, the biggest streak of making the playoffs. Uh, and then Hassan Whiteside's got a big figure this year, but I think this is his last year under contract, so that's a big contract that's going to be free. And so I I think that and same thing with Kent Bazemore too. He I know he's making a ridiculous amount this year uh, from the Hawks originally, but he's in the last year of his deal. So I don't have a problem with it because, you know, you want, especially with a small market team, you want your owner to be able to, you know, if you've got a lot of money, you should spend it. And they are, they're they're clearly focused on winning. They're not, you know, that's, so it's different. I think it's a different situation than the Rams uh, because they've got a lot of money that's going to be freed up, but there is a lot put on CJ and Dame, but I think it's earned. I I think both those guys earned the money they got. And I think that the organization was happy that they got them to come back because if they don't have that, then they're going to be like the thunder are right now. And they're going to go into this rebuild of a couple years and you never want to do that. Like I, you know, this isn't like they've got all these super old guys on their team or anything like Dame's still in his prime. CJ's in his prime. Yeah. They're, they're not likely going to make the like an NBA finals or anything like that, but you still got to at least try and be fun to watch and competitive. So I don't, I don't blame them for, for that at all, but good question. Um, yeah, I, was, I was curious. I was curious. Yeah. Hey, well, and, and you know, now only if the Hornets can get rid of Nicholas Batum's <laughs> Oh man. Oh. <laughs> Worst contracts in the NBA. <laughs> He's Worst. <on> the list. <laughs> 
And he came from Portland too. They gave him that money somehow. Oh, yeah, so, I know. Somehow thanks, Charlotte, thanks, Zach, your team gave us this garbage <laughs> player and garbage contract. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys somehow took that deal. <laughs> well, then again, um, you know, my, Michael Jordan didn't offer Kemba Walker the max, so that's you true. know, questionable decisions have been made. <laughs> He's been really questionable as an owner. <laughs> um, it seems like that, like the better the player the person is, like the worse they are as a owner coach or something like it always seems like the backups and the you know the second tier players end up being like the best coaches i don't like it's kind they're, of bu- they're busy on the sideline calling yeah to start with anyway, <laughs> always got so. the clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we'll move on now uh stacy brought this final topic up here and it's about odell beckham leaving cleveland so i'll let him give the backstory about this all right, so Odell Beckham Jr. was traded from the Giants to the Cleveland Browns, and that brought new excitement to the Cleveland Browns organization and their fan base. Everybody expected them to win that AFC North, but things took a dark turn during the season. The Cleveland Browns are now winning. Matter of fact, they just barely won against the Cincinnati Bengals today, and Odell and Odell Beckham Jr., his stats has taken a hit. Um, he only has two receiving touchdowns this year. Just two. He had games where he has less than five catches. And I think that's due to uh Baker Mayfield's play. Like Baker Mayfield has been trash this year. Like trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> agree, let, agree. And then the rumors came out. Um, I was looking at the pregame show on Fox today. Jay Glazer said that Odell's been telling people that, hey, get me out of here. He wants to be out, and I think it's worth noting that, first of all, he did not ask to go to the Cleveland Browns. He was traded there, so he, that was not his team of choice, number one. And number two, he he's seen the light. The, the Browns, they have not looked good at all this year. Freddie Kitchens has been questionable as coach, and he might not return. Baker Mayfield has not played well at all. Matter of fact, uh, in the game today versus the Bengals, he had two interceptions, no touchdowns, and completed, like, only 11 passes. That's not going to get it done. And Odell, he wants to win. He wants to win. So, in my opinion, I think he's going to get what he's asked for. I think he's going to get traded. And I do not blame him at all. Uh, I wonder where the Browns going to trade him to. And hopefully he has say in where he goes. But, you know, I I don't think that he wants to stay there any much longer. So, what do you guys think about Odell? I'll start. Um, I I agree. I think I think he's going to move on from Cleveland because at the beginning of the season, and there's so many so many expectations. Everybody is picking the Browns. Oh, the Browns are going to win this. Like I saw so many people like playing Madden early in the year, and they were like showing like the Browns winning the Super Bowl and simulations and stuff. Like it was just everybody was just all over the Browns, and they really they really uh, did not deliver on those expectations and the thing with Odell is you thought this was going to be a good spot for him because it seemed like him and Baker were having fun in the offseason and obviously he was with his buddy from LSU Jarvis Landry uh, as his teammate at wide receiver but the thing is and I do know because I've got Odell Beckham in one of my fantasy leagues and (laughs) I so I know that he has not had a good season I haven't started him since like week two or three because he's got the name but he just like doesn't get any stats or whatever because 
honestly, they're a run first team because Mayfield's been trash this year and Nick Chubb's been really good. And I agree with you, Kitchens has not been good because there's been a lot of bad situational play calling from him. And yeah, I I think he's gonna want to trade and Cleveland will probably give it to him because they had more success last year than they've had this year with the no name receivers last year that they had. They they were having more success. So I I do think he'll get the trade. I don't know where though, that's I have no idea where he would go. But the thing with Odell is to me, I think he's just more about like his stats and everything than winning. Obviously winning he would like to win, but the fact that he's not even getting stats, like it'd be one thing if he was like getting if he was leading the league and receiving and touchdowns and all that stuff, like I think he'd be happier, but he's not even getting targets and stuff and I I think that's frustrating him. He was he had a lot of frustrating feelings in New York. I remember that one time he like kicked a field goal practice net. He hit it with hit it with his helmet. <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> He, so like he gets frustrated a lot, and yeah, I, I think I do think they're going to move on from him. Well, I know like speaking about having uh, Odell on your team, I'm glad I have Jarvis Landry instead. But <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I mentioned this when we had our AFC North preview like way back that Jarvis Landry being there was going to be a problem for Odell because kind of like the situation with Antonio Brown and Juju, like Antonio Brown started getting upset that he wasn't getting the targets and you know juju was getting a lot of the targets and they're like oh well why aren't you throwing it to me i'm the superstar here well you know if you're not getting open and you're drawing all these double coverages and you have another superstar receiver then you're gonna throw to them and darvis landry you know he's not you know he's one of those receivers that he may not get a lot of yards but he'll always get like six receptions every game so that's why he's getting the targets and odell is not and i knew that was going to be a problem between them but when it comes to trading him, I think it's going to be interesting. Like, I'm not sure what – it's all going to depend on what the Browns are asking for him. Because, again, back to, you know, same thing with Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Jalen Ramsey. You want to get rid of this guy who's, you know, causing drama. And, you know, Odell's even – he actually came out and said that he is only a cancer in the locker room when he's on a team that has a problem with winning which the Cleveland Browns have a problem with winning. So does that mean he's <laughs> going to turn into a cancer in the locker room? Um, and so I'm also kind of glad that none of us here on Clutch Crew Sports uh, gave the Browns much credit at the start of the year so we can hang our hats on that. We weren't buying into the hype. Yeah. But uh, we, um, but with trading him, the question becomes, like again, what are the Browns going to ask for him? Because, I mean, if you look at his stats over the past few years, they really haven't been that good. For all the money that he's making and the big contract that he got, you know, obviously Odell is, when people are talking about the best receivers in the league, you know, they talk about Julio Jones and as usually like in Michael Thomas, but Odell is always in that conversation. But his stats really haven't been great. And also, if you have this drama in the locker room, it's like, is it going to be a similar situation to how the Steelers had to settle for like a third and a fifth round pick to trade Antonio Brown when they wanted to get like at least a first rounder? So it's going to, you know, what are the Browns going to get for him? Are they going to get that first round pick? Are they going to get even a second round pick? Or if they're not going to get the, you know, if people aren't going to want to take Odell, they're going to get nothing and they're going to be stuck with him. So, I'm not very hopeful that he's actually going to be able to leave Cleveland, especially since his contract is still like goes for another four years. So he doesn't have, you know, any of the outs and stuff that he can take 
in his contract. So um, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to trade him in the offseason because I don't think anybody's going to want him for what the Browns are going to ask for him. I'm I'm going to say one thing before Eric talks. They better not trade into the Patriots. That's all I. That's all. I'm say. <laughs> no, they better right, not trade. Right. I agree with that 150 <laughs> percent. Because you know don't. Belichick will turn him around, and oh my God, that that. I could mean, be he, I mean, we'll see. I mean, he didn't. He everybody thought he was going to turn Antonio Brown around, but that didn't happen. So Antonio we'll Brown's see. in the league of zone, but <laughs> Boy, yeah, dude. That, yeah, man, but I'm gonna echo off of Connor here a little bit. I the problem with I think with Odell like coming out and telling teams to like come get him and like doing all this stuff, it's it's really hurting the leverage for the Browns because if I'm the Browns, I wouldn't I wouldn't give them up unless the price price is right kind of a thing. Like like how the Jaguars were smart with Ramsey. They didn't like I remember, they there were some like offers that were revealed that they were getting before they traded them, and the they were not the offers the early offers that were revealed that were coming out were nowhere near as good as what they ended up actually getting when they were patient and waited. But with Adele coming out and saying this, like and making it you know super obvious he wants to get out and you know everything to me, this is going to hurt the leverage for the Browns to be able to get a higher draft pick offer. And the, you know, like Connor said, if they're not getting good offers, you know, they may just be stuck with them. I think the better thing would be for him to just, you know, play it cool through the, you know, he should have just played it cool and, you know, maybe like early in the off season, then gone to the management and said, Hey, you know, sometime this off season, I'd like to be traded and then let the Browns kind of shop offers and, you know, Maybe catch other teams off guard to be like, oh wow, they're wanting to get rid of Odell Beckham. Like, but yeah, let's know, go out and get him. Like, let's let's go get him. Whereas now, like, teams are like, oh well, obviously they want to get rid of him. Like, you know, he wants out so bad, he's not going to play for them. So we can get a, we can probably get a low offer and get him. You know what I mean? So, it, it this is going to be an interesting situation going forward. I mean, I have no idea as to the predictions, like Zach said, of where he could possibly go or. I, you know, and then kind of like what Connor said, I don't even really know, like, what kind of offers they're going to be able to get for him. So it's it's going to be an interesting situation to follow for sure. All right, guys. Well, that concludes our topics portion of the episode. Um, great show with you, Stacy. This is a lot of fun, man. We should uh, we should definitely do this sometime. You know, I any of us can come on to your show as well. Uh, so just been a lot of fun doing this with you, man. Oh yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're Absolutely. Welcome. And before yeah, we, absolutely. before I was gonna say, before we go to uh, Stacy, hit everybody up you know, at the end of the video here with your Twitter, YouTube, all your information, so people can know where to, you know, find you and follow you at. But you can follow me, my personal account on Twitter at SC the second. Again, that's SC the second, and you can follow CC Sports Show on Twitter as well, and Instagram too, at CC Sports Show. Very good, man. All right. Take care, everybody, and have a great rest of your night. Bye. (laughs) Peace.